Hey guys, welcome to the very first episode of the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Steve Fountas, and I want to do this because there's a lot of negativity when it comes to pro wrestling, whether it be in podcasts or websites or message boards on Reddit or anything else you can think of. And I wanted to focus on some of the more positive things that I love about pro wrestling. I know it's easy sometimes to say, oh, that storyline was stupid, or this guy should have been pushed, or that was a dumb finish. And there is a lot of negativity to talk about in pro wrestling the past or the present product but i wanted to focus on the stuff that basically makes me feel good about pro wrestling there's the silly you know funny moments that happen or there's the awesome memories you have as a kid from going to the video store renting a coliseum video or moments that you didn't expect to happen like your favorite wrestler won the title when he wasn't supposed to there's just so many awesome things that i want to focus on and i wanted to create a podcast to do it i also wanted to basically hang out with my friends a couple times a week or once a week for a couple hours to talk about pro wrestling and the things we love about it from our past or from our present um, or maybe things we want to see happen in the future that we think would be awesome. Uh, I set up a Twitter account. It's a PPW podcast. So at PPW podcast, there's also a Gmail address. You can send us a note to PPW podcast at gmail.com. And yeah, we just kind of kind of get started with it. Uh, my very first, I guess, guest host. Uh, I've known him since I was 16 years old. Uh, his name is Eric. Eric Sanchez. Go ahead. What's up, Eric? Hey, <clears throat> what's going on, Steve? Yeah, I thought it was a really neat idea that you would do this. Um, I've been a wrestling fan for I don't even know 1989, mm -hmm. 1990, going back. But even further, like once I got into it, then I started going back further with the videotapes, the rentals. Um, Mm -hmm. magazines that kind of stuff and it's always been you know 30 some years that i still love wrestling yeah i still go back and watch wrestling i love the new product that's still coming out um there were parts of the 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 time that i didn't watch because yeah. whether it was family whether it was boring whether i just got too busy sometimes and the product didn't really capture my imagination anymore yeah but you always kind of go back to it too i should also mention that eric and i are both uh, 80s 90s kids so that's kind of our, our heyday of, of wrestling fans there is the attitude era but also the mid to early 90s stuff you know your classic hulk hogan ultimate warrior along with stone cold and the rock and the attitude but that's kind of where we're at right um so it may seem like at times that i focus on that but just realize that's kind of my my wheelhouse for when I was the biggest fan and I'm still a, a big fan. We're sitting in my, in my room now. My wife calls my man boy room and looking around there's, there's pro wrestling posters and there's toys and there's VHS tapes and a whole stack of DVDs. And it, it's just kind of, every time I look up at some of these posters, I'm looking up at right now, Hulk Hogan versus Sergeant Slaughter from WrestleMania seven. And Slaughter's got the purple belt over his shoulder. And I always wondered why he had the purple belt. And later I found out it was because the promo shoots for Hogan and Slaughter were taken just after Slaughter won the title from the Royal Rumble or from the Ultimate Warrior at the Royal Rumble 91. And Warrior had those colorful belts. He was kind of the first person to customize the belt to him. And I was like, why does he have a purple belt? That looks so stupid. But now I get it. 
And it's just stuff like that I want to talk about, little things you remember from your childhood. Or I keep saying childhood, I don't want to focus too much on that, but little things that you remember from the current product or this moment even happened last week or last night on SmackDown we watched. Um, today is December 29th yeah. and 2016. And SmackDown the other night you know, was an awesome match with Ziggler and Baron Corbin and AJ Styles. Uh, the very first episode tonight we're going to talk about is just random awesome moments from your past or present wrestling memories. So... We're going to kind of go back and forth. We're going to figure it out as we go. This is the first episode I've done this. So I want to just have a conversation and, and see if some of the topics we have highlighted will, will spark some memories that we have. So um, if you're ready, I'm going to get started. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get too excited. Yeah. <laughs> well, two of the things I wanted to, to touch on. Sure, sure. Um, you were talking about the, the photo that you have up here with the slaughter with the uh -huh. purple title belt. That brings me back to one of my notes was the Macho King, Randy Savage, coming down, interfering in that Rumble match. With the scepter. With the scepter. Mm -hmm. And he busted it. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, <laughs> when, he hit him glass. when he hit him over the head yeah. and it went flying? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's when I got into more Randy Savage was when he was Macho King. Mm -hmm. So Macho Man himself, like you've got a um, figure over there in, in the orange. Like, that's cool, but... My first initial memory was him as the Macho King. So what's cool, what's funny that you say about that is, uh, so you say your first is the Macho King. And yeah. I, my video store that I grew up never had the 91 Royal Rumble tape to rent. So I don't remember the first time I saw it, but I only saw the highlights of that match with Macho hitting Warrior the Scepter. So when I would rent the WrestleMania 7 tape, I never understood the warrior macho man feud. So I had to kind of like yeah. piece together in your head. And that's what you had to do when you were a kid. You, there was no internet to figure out the feud history. Right. You just had to figure it out. So what was awesome about that was you kind of filled in the blanks yourself of what actually happened. Yeah. So, and when, when Miss Elizabeth came back, I just assumed that Miss Elizabeth was always with the macho man but since he became a king and she wasn't a princess or a queen, he had to leave her, which mm -hmm. is the dumbest thing ever. But in right. my, my <laughs> seven, eight-year-old head, that made sense to me. So you kind of yeah. fill in the blanks. Well, I think you have to try to make sense of your reality because you don't understand. <laughs> no, no, I was a dumb <clears throat> kid. <laughs> so anyway, like I said, we're going to start random awesome moments. These are going to be all over the board. So kind of try to bear with us here and we'll see where it goes. But my first memory was in 1993 when The Undertaker was named to the All-Americans team of the 93 Survivor Series All-Americans versus the Foreign Fanatics. So I have the VHS tape right in front of us here, which is the picture of its uh, the All-Americans, which was Lex Luger, the Steiner Brothers, and uh, ended up being The Undertaker. It was supposed to be Tatanka. Yeah. So Tatanka got hurt a few days before Survivor Series, and that was on WWF Superstars. And I didn't really care that Tatanka was hurt. I just figured it'd be a three-on-four match because I never liked Tatanka. But Lex Luger announced The Undertaker as their partner. I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. The Undertaker's cool. He's, he'll be with him. He'll just be kind of the badass in the corner. But then The Undertaker gave a speech basically talking about letting freedom ring and, and all that. And he opened his coat. Do you remember what his coat was when he opened well, it? I had to go back and watch it on YouTube because I, when you brought that up, I didn't remember that because I think – I don't know. I just I don't think I ever saw it. Or if I did, it wasn't that yeah, much so of an impression. It's not. Me. It's not that big of a moment. That's what I was talking about earlier. Where there's big things and little things that come up all the time. And what might be big to me is never an, an issue for you, and, and vice versa. But the Undertaker opened his coat, and it was the American right. flag. Yeah, and like, I, that was cool. Like I liked that. Yeah. Did you Did you have a little pop for yourself now? Um, I thought it well. Being the Undertaker, I know, and I never knew he did that. Okay. So to have him open the coat up and kind of um, align himself with the All Americans, I thought was kind of cool. But keep in mind at the, the time, the, yeah. And the but he's a dark, mysterious dead man. I don't know why he would exactly. That's be why so that's, patriotic. That's why. <laughs> well, but to talk at the same time, he's an Indian. I don't know why he would be so. American. He's Native American. Native American, but I don't know why he would be pro USA. Well. I guess, but if you they, look at the foreign fanatics team, they had Crush on their team, and he was from Hawaii, so why would he be anti-USA? Right. Yeah. As I watched the match on YouTube, if you watch it, it, it doesn't show you the full match. No. So I saw Crush in the opening when they were introducing the All-Americans, mm -hmm. and then later in the match, I never saw Crush. I'm like, well, was that Crush? It was Crush. And then they were talking about, Bobby Heenan, I think, said something about how he eliminated the other Quebecers. So in my head, I'm thinking both Quebecers were in it. Nope, just and one. And I'm like, if both were in it, then how the hell was, how did I how did I see Crush? Nope, just, just one Quebecer yeah. was in it, which is great. But then I think he corrected himself, saying, like, the second Quebecer he's eliminated in the past couple of weeks. So he may have 
destroyed the other Quebecer like two weeks ago. Maybe but not in this match. or one was suspended for steroids or something. It was yeah. ninety three, so who knows? But so what was awesome about this too is the time. This was the Undertaker never talked. Like he didn't talk yeah. much at all. For him to come out and cut a promo and join a baby face team with the giant American flag was such a huge deal for me when I was in eight or third grade when I was eight years old. It was such a huge deal, and I don't actually think I saw the pay per view until. Did you like it, came- it? Did I like what? The Undertaker. With, yeah, with with the All American. Yeah, because it, it, it made him like. It sounds stupid to say, but accessible to me, like because before he, again, you're a kid, you're thinking these people are. This is actually who he is. He's an undertaker, yeah. and he lives in Death Valley. But he, but then you're like, oh, well, Death Valley is in America, so I guess it would make sense that he loves the USA. But that was just something that, again, it's just a moment that isn't a big deal for you at all, like you said. But it means it's grained in my head, and I, and that was the first thing I thought of when I was like, oh, this is awesome, right. And I remember going to school and talking to my buddy, I think his name was Jason, and he wasn't thrilled with The Undertaker joining the Foreign Fanatics. <laughs> and I was like, how could you not be thrilled? He's awesome. Uh, but it was, Do you it, know of anybody else on that roster at the time that would have been a better replacement? You know, that's a good question. Um, I got the VHS tip here. Let me look. Let's see. Because Luger was... Luger was the captain. Went from narcissist to the big old All-American. Right. Another awesome moment when he slammed Yokozuna on the USS Intrepid. Do you remember that? Yes. Okay. Were you like, oh, this is awesome, a bad guy turned into I was on Luger. I was on the Lex Express. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) So it's funny now, like you listen to all these podcasts and these interviews, it's like, Lex didn't have it. There's no way they were going to go with him. But to me, I'm like, oh, he's my hero. We're great. Yeah. And the the thing with Luger is I remember him from WCW. Did you watch WCW? I did. It was like the Saturday night mm-hmm. main event, blah, 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 whatever mm-hmm. it was. And I remember seeing him. And then when I saw him on WWF, I'm like, oh, I know this guy. So uh-huh. now I feel like I'm an insider because I know him. I know where he's from. An insider. Yeah, that's what I felt like at the time because you there wasn't a lot of – there wasn't the internet. Right. So I'm like, at least I know somebody before they came in. Because as the years went on, I realized these guys did work for other places. Mm-hmm. And I felt like they were the only place that they've ever worked was WWF. Right. Yeah. Like AWA and all the old, yeah, I didn't know that. The old ones. I didn't know any. So I, as far as my history, I pretty much was a strictly WWF kid up until Nitro came out. Even then, like, I, I pretended I didn't watch Nitro, but I did because it was cool. And it was wrestling. But I would watch Saturday Night whenever it, could, whenever it came on. But that was the cheesy C show. Like... But at the time, that was their show. WCW right. Saturday Night was yeah. their show before Nitro. But there was a lot of corny guys on there. Oh, yeah. Like oh, Colonel Parker. Colonel, then, oh, I hated Colonel was, Parker. Hated was, like, him. The All-American Buff Bagwell. Yep. Um, das Wunderkid. Yeah, Alex Das Wunderkid. There was like the Sergeant Parker. No, did I say That's that? That's Colonel Parker. He said him, yeah, yeah. But there was like a sergeant, then there was Firebreaker Chip. <laughs> like, they had a lot of cheesy-ass guys on so, there. So, yeah, I don't remember any of those. I remember Sting, Luger, Flair... And that's about it for my WCW yeah. day, the watching, because I never knew when it was on. I knew WWF was on USA. It was Channel 36. Find cable. out what Firebreaker Chip is up to. Firebreaker Chip. <laughs> I'll look him up on Wikipedia in a second. He's probably dead. Yeah. Um, but when I was watching, like I said, I never knew when it was on. Yeah. So whenever I found it, I was I had to watch anything wrestling. So did I. So if, if it was on, I was watching it. Mm-hmm. And I, even though I didn't know the characters or anything like that, also in my head... I thought that WCW was real when it was for the title for some reason. Like I knew WWF wasn't real, but WCW was fake. But if it was for the title, that was real. Like they were actually wrestling fighting. I could see that. Wasn't it? I think nature boy was more chip. Firebreaker. Firebreaker chip. (laughs) Firecracker. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, what were you saying? But about Ric Flair? <clears throat> Ric Flair, to me, was more of a champion than okay. Hogan. Because I never liked Hogan. Really? Like, I pop for him every now and then. Like, when he beat Slaughter, I can remember thinking, oh, yeah, good, Hogan won. Because mm-hmm. I hated Slaughter. Okay. Not just the character, but just him as a wrestler at the time. Because he seemed to be 20 years removed from his G.I. Joe days. Ho- oh, Slaughter? Yeah, and he just seemed to be, like, seemed to me to be an old-timer. Was it because it was comb-over? No, he just, I just remember him when I was younger and he, mm-hmm. he wasn't new. He wasn't. Okay. And he just seemed like. Well, he, he went away for a little bit, then came back. Yeah. That was his deal. Okay. Fi- we got Firebreak, Firebreaker Chip. He's still alive. Um, <laughs> he retired in 2005. He doesn't have much of a Wikipedia page. Oh. But he, he, he did exist in WCW, so you're, you've got some redemption there. Um, 
but back to the WCW thing and not knowing um, when it was on, I'm going to kind of bounce around a little bit because yeah, I'll, I'll let you kind of go to yours in a second. But one thing I had listed on, listed on my here too is Super Brawl 2. So that was in 1992, I think. What was the main event for that? Lex Luger versus Sting. And it was it was former best friends facing each other. Okay. So the reason I have this on there, again, I didn't watch WCW, didn't know it was on. So my dad had a friend that had a black box. And for those who don't know what a black box is, before there was digital cable and all that, you had what was called the black box, which was just a illegal cable that got you all of the illegal channels. It got you the pay-per-views, it got you the porn, it got you the cable, everything. So... Uh, my dad's friend had one. So he was like, hey, we're going to Bob's house to watch wrestling. My dad called it wrestling, which is hilarious because he's from Chicago. There's nothing Southern about him at all. Mm-hmm. Everything was wrestling. And I was like, there's no wrestling on tonight. There's no wrestling on tonight. What are you talking about? He's like, no, no, there is because it's uh, WCW. So we go in Super Bowl two, and I started watching it. And I remember the start of the show, Jesse the Body Ventura came out, I think on a motorcycle, and he had just come from WWF. And I knew him. I'm like, oh, I know who Jesse Ventura is. So you felt like an insider. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I know him. <laughs> and I, I kind of wanted to brag to tell like my dad's friend I knew who he was. And yeah. he goes, and my dad's friend totally showed me now. I was like, yeah, I know who that is. That's Jesse the body. He emphasized the body. <laughs> I still remember that. I have no idea why he emphasized the body, but he did. Uh, but I watched that show. And even now, if you didn't get a chance on the network, it's an awesome show from top to bottom. It really is a fun show. Uh, the main event kind of sucks with Luger and Sting, but it's an awesome show from top to bottom. And that's the thing where I was watching it. I was like, okay, this is wrestling. It's awesome. And then I wanted to keep watching, but I couldn't find when it was on. Um, but I do remember, so there was a tag team match between Arn Anderson and Tully versus the Steiner brothers. And I knew Arn and Tully as the brain busters in the WWF. Yes. So, but for some reason, I thought the Steiner brothers were called the brain busters. So I bet my dad's friend that the brain busters would win. And the whole time I'm watching the Steiners thing, they're the brain busters. So it ended up happening where the Steiners lost. And I was like, oh, I'm going to lose my dollar. I bet them or whatever. But my dad was like, no, no, they won. The people you wanted to win won. I was like, wait, what? And I pretended like I knew. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, you owe me a dollar. And he mm. looks at me and he goes, you don't need a dollar. I was like, you dick. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure my dad just wanted an excuse to go drink with his buddies yeah. and bring his kid along. But that was just, again, like a memory in my head. Like, why would Super Bowl two me as a WWF kid be in my head? But it is. And even now when I see that... And, and what's ironic is my um, video store didn't get any WCW tapes, but they got Super Bowl 2. Yeah. So I used to rent Super Bowl 2 over and over and over again. It was only WCW I rented. I probably need to go back and watch WCW pay-per-views because I didn't start watching the pay-per-views until the Nitro era. Mm-hmm. But I remember buying magazines and the first Super Bowl. Like the PWIs and yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. And on the cover was Nature Boy and I believe Tatsumi Fujinami. I don't know why I remember that name. But I think those were the, I think that was the headliner for that show, and it was the Tokyo Dome. Okay. But I remember reading about it, so I knew there was a Super Bowl. I wasn't sure which one it was. I think it was the first one. I think that might have been the third one. Let's see. No, 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 it wasn't. It might have been the. First. I guess you're probably right. It probably was the first one because the third one was the main event was Vader versus Sting. And though that was a good rivalry, I didn't watch the pay per view, but I remember watching the build ups. I remember watching like probably some of the matches that were on television. Okay, so I'm looking at Super Bowl two. Also, I have to correct myself. It wasn't Arn Anderson, Tully. It was Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton, because I think Tully got fired from the WWF for steroids. So WCW waited before bringing him back. Okay. So correction there. I'm sure if anyone was listening, they're like, "You idiot! It's Bobby Eaton." So beautiful was a beautiful Bobby Eaton. Yeah, I guess. I don't know <laughs> if there's any other kind of Bobby Eaton, but no. So let's see. The Super Bowl one made him in here. Uh. I don't know. I don't see it, but whatever. We'll figure it out. But the main event is Super Bowl one, not Super Bowl two. There we go. There's a lot of Super Brawls, and also at the time I thought Super Brawl was their WrestleMania, but it's not. Starcade was their WrestleMania, and I think it's because it was they were numbered. I thought that that was their like Super Bowl was WCW's WrestleMania, even up yeah. up until I think like '98. Even like I thought, oh, this is the biggest show of the year. It's called Super Bowl. It's numbered. I thought it was their WrestleMania. It's hard to know though. Because I don't, I think they just brag about this is the biggest show, like every time. Like TNA will do that. I don't know what TNA's big. It's got to be Bound for Glory, right? I don't know. <laughs> you were right, by the way. It was Flair versus Nushi Fujinawa. So you were right. Super Brawl 1. So your memory was correct. Good. So, so yeah, we kind of bounced around a little bit there. But let's go to your first uh, 
awesome random memory that well, you Well, did ever... we decide on who would have been a better fit? Oh, no, we didn't. You see this? <laughs> yeah. so this is what I was about. Like, that's why I want to do this, because we started talking about the All-Americans versus yeah. them. And then, and then Luger, WCW, Starcade. Yeah, so, so a lot of I guess, so Bret Hart versus Jerry Lawler. Bret Hart was in the Lawler fruit. So you can't pull him from that, because he's the main uh, antagonist with, with Lawler, right? Yeah. So you can't pull him from that. They also have the four doinks. I mean, I guess... You could only do so. It was Razor Ramon, Mister Perfect, and Marie Jane, and the One Two Three Kid. Versus... Well, that was the Survivor Series where Lawler got pulled anyway, and I think Shawn Michaels took over because it was a King's Court, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Shawn Michaels is the yeah. What's funny is they never updated the VHS tape. Lawler's still in the back here. <laughs> yeah, I remember because didn't he get accused of like har- sexual harassment or something? I'm not surprised. <laughs> But no, so I guess the only That's thing That's where I, we need a soundbite. Puppies! Yeah, we'll get in there. <laughs> the only thing I can guess is maybe Razor Ramon would have been a good... Because he, he was a top baby face. But then who's going to captain the Survivor Series 90? Who's going to captain his team? I don't know. I mean, Mr. Perfect was a surprise. No, 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 no. So, okay. I remember this now. So, Mr. Perfect was supposed to be on Razor Ramon's team, but he didn't make it, so the Macho Man was his surprise mystery partner. So the Macho Man could have been a, a good surprise partner for the foreign, for the All-Americans. Yeah. Because he came out in 93 SummerSlam with the red, white, and blue outfit on. If he remember did. That. So he could have been a good one. Better than Taker. No, Taker was the best. Taker was my choice. <laughs> I got Taker. Okay. So what, what do you got for your, your first memory? Um... Got nothing. <laughs> well, I think well. First, getting into it, I remember, like, just talking about it being real or fake. As a kid, I thought it was real. Did you talk with like your friends or your parents about that, or both? It was more by friends. Like we talked about wrestling, but we didn't talk if it was real or fake. We just talked about wrestling, like what happened. Did you see? You know, all that kind of stuff. And then I remember watching, and my grandmother would visit once a year. She lived in St. Louis and would come up. And I remember watching it, and she was like, "Oh, that's fake." And then I couldn't understand what she meant by that. I'm like, what do you mean fake? And then my dad came in and he said something. Yeah, look, they stomp the ground when they kick. <laughs> they do this, they do that, and they're not really doing anything. So I think it took away from how real I thought it was. But the the thing that I loved most about it wasn't really the the punching and the kicking. It was more the storylines. So you didn't care. You were still in. I didn't care, but... It opened, it's, I guess they would say, smarten me up a bit. Mm-hmm. So I kind of knew now, okay, well, every time I would see him kick, I would be reminded that's what my dad said that they would do. They would stop the ground okay, and then kick. But they weren't really kicking. I'm like, okay. So that kind of made sense. A- after that, I noticed that every single time. So little by little over the years, I'm noticing they're not connecting mm-hmm. with so many kicks or something. Well, it was crazy. Or, you didn't care. You're still in. I still, the stories drew me in. Okay. So you had your favorites. I want this guy to win. This guy to lose. Yeah. Okay. And then I remember Jake the Snake. I just I just loved Jake the Snake when he came out. Okay. He had the snake. He had Damien. Um, he was just dark. He didn't give a shit. He was popular. Like, he, I yeah. don't know everything about him. He was just mysterious to mm-hmm. me. But he was good. Yeah. And he got a pop. You know, he did his little finger twirl in the air before the right. DDT. Right. He called he for the, it. Yeah. I think, that's, I think that's something that could never be done again because... If you're calling for a move like Ziggler kind of does it now, like with a tribute, I guess, to Michaels with the tuning up the band for his super kick. Yeah. But that's always like, oh, he's tuning it up so the the person he's facing is going to duck it or whatever. But Jake yeah. never missed his DDT. No, call for it. never missed it. And what I liked about him is he had up his setup moves. So I knew the last three moves he was going to do was going to be the twisting over the head, short arm short clothesline. Short arm clothesline, yep. Then he did the call, and then he did the DDT. Mm-hmm. So I knew as soon as he did the short arm clothesline, it was over. Because yeah. I knew the next two steps. Mm-hmm. And then he got into a rivalry with Earthquake. Yeah. And then I think, Earthquake, I, know I think I know where you're going. <laughs> then Earthquake came out, you know, beat up Jake. Took his snake, put it in the center of the ring, did the, the four or five stomps around it, mm-hmm. bounced off the ropes, and squashed it. I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> he killed the that snake. That was on Superstars. Um, yeah, because it was moving. I mean, there was something in there. I doubt it was a snake. You do? Well, there was no blood. No, there's no snake. He fights her wake in the ass when he sits on him. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, oh, my God. So that led that drew me into that, to that time period, and then primetime wrestling quake came out and mm-hmm. he's serving hamburgers and monsoon and and uh bobby are eating it and he's just talking and then 
I think he says something about special ingredients and they just keep eating. And then he finally reveals. That and this is it. throughout the whole show. Yeah. Of Prime time. Yeah, so yeah. he finally drops it, that it's made from the snake and then Bobby Heenan spits it out. And so you just like, you like you, it's like I say, this is ingraining your memory of earthquake with a chef's head on. Yeah. Cooking snakes sure, up. Yeah. Okay. Grilling. Grilling. Burgers. Burgers. He, was, he, was <laughs> he was grilling them. We call them quake burgers. Yeah. Quake burgers. See, I remember, I don't remember the quake burgers. And I think it's because I wasn't allowed at that point to stay up to watch primetime wrestling. I do remember vividly Earthquake jumping and crushing the snake yeah. because I remember Jake, you know, after crawling back into the ring and being like, oh, I don't want to look in the bag. And then he looks like for a yeah. second, and goes, oh, my God, I was like my sister and I were watching it. And my sister's like, he killed the snake. <laughs> <laughs> to me, Jake is a big part of my early memories because he had the earthquake he had the model rick martell he had the thing with randy savage he was always involved in like i think the best storylines yeah he was he was one of those guys that was just below the main event i think in his dvd he talked about i was the guy that got guys ready for hogan mm -hmm. so at that time the champion was pretty much hogan and warrior and slaughter like that was it and savage i think a little bit there but that's four guys in the entire roster think yeah. about now how much the title bounces around i'm not saying one way is better or worse because i think in this era of weekly television monthly pay-per-views you kind of have to change a little bit i think if hogan was around in this era he wouldn't have had as long of a run because people would have gotten sick of him. Kind of like what happened to him in wcw where he was on a lot more yeah so i think that's kind of why he lasted as long as he did um, well, the other thing, they had four pay-per-views a year instead of 12. Yeah. Or 13. He wasn't on TV that much. Right. When Hogan was on, it was a big deal. Like, he'd be on the Saturday Night's Main Events yeah. or the like the countdown shows to the pay-per-views, and that was it. But he was pretty much built up through toys, cartoons, promos. It wasn't a lot of on-screen wrestling. Yeah. He – and what's – so looking back, obviously, everyone talks, well, Hogan couldn't wrestle – but to me, I mean, he gets the crowd into it. So as far as I'm concerned, he's a good wrestler because the crowd are going yeah. nuts for him. Well, wrestling, he was a good performer as far as getting the crowd hyped mm -hmm. up because mm -hmm. the kids loved him. Yeah. And the parents loved him because the kids loved him. Yeah, until he like, came well, out. this guy's a good role model. Eat your vitamins, say your prayers. Brother. Brother. <laughs> Brother. Um, yeah. But yeah, he didn't need to be on TV. And you weren't a Hogan week. guy at all, huh? Not really. I thought he was cheesy. I hated him. I'm like, this guy, he does, you know, five moves. It's the same same moves, him. all the matches. I loved him. The big boot, the leg drop, the 10 count punches. It was I boring. Lo I loved him. And like every match is the same, but I didn't care. I was but, in. But the only reason I liked him was because I hated Slaughter so much. Okay. So I wanted him. That was the big Iraq deal and all that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Plus, I personally, I didn't like slaughter like how he looked and how he, <laughs> he angered you how he, he looked. looked like a shitty wrestler <laughs> like he didn't look like guys that i liked to watch you know move yeah. and wrestle he was just sloppy so getting back to primetime wrestling we'll kind of jump yeah. into my next thing here too so this is something that ended up changing the course of wwe's history but it's something that i initially heard vince mcmahon wrong when he said it so on the very last episode of Primetime Wrestling, it was the first week of January in 93, they did a uh, like best of Primetime Wrestling history type of thing. Mm -hmm. It was Vince McMahon and Jerry Lawler sitting down, and I remember watching it. And again, I mentioned I wasn't able to stay up for Primetime very often except over winter break because I didn't wake up for school the next day. So I'd, I, I'm guessing weeks in advance they announced Primetime's going away we're getting Monday Night Raw. So it ended with vince mcmahon saying what year was that 93 okay it was the first week of january so it was the week before the debut of monday night raw and vince mcmahon talked about you know saying goodbye to prime time and all that and i was like what's he talking about and he's like we'll see you next week for monday night brawl and he said raw but i thought he said brawl mm -hmm. so i just assumed that next week there's going to be a battle royal <laughs> on primetime wrestling yeah. that's kind of what i thought it was um the next week I watched Raw, I'm like, what the hell is this? Where's primetime wrestling? I didn't like Raw at first, like, because it was too too small. It seemed like they were wrestling in some place too small because they were. Because at the time, they would tape primetime across the different across the country in huge arenas. They're doing tape shows. Right. So Raw was, what, like a few hundred people they can hold in the Manhattan Center. But again, I just remember Vince McMahon's voice. And even in my head to this, I still hear Monday Night Brawl. But it was Raw. That sounds like a better name. Monday Night Brawl, Monday Raw? Night Brawl. Well, I guess I, maybe that's why I was maybe that's why I was so confused why they would call it Raw. Yeah, I don't remember that. 
No? Did, but you weren't a primetime guy. Well, you were a primetime guy. I watched primetime here and there, but it wasn't something I watched every week. Was, like, your religious one Superstars and Challenge? Yeah. Okay, Saturday and Sunday? Yeah. So... That's when I had time. <laughs> I was in, the in school the rest of the, the rest in, of the week. Yeah, so you had time in the morning to, to get up and watch pro wrestling. And then nighttime, well, televisions were kind of you know two or three in the house. Okay, and so you're not your your dad's only, home from work. He's like, get one. the shit off. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to watch what I want to watch. <laughs> so what else you got? What else you got? Um, Another moment for you, uh, because. When I was watching Raw, I remember for the first three weeks, I hated it, I hated it, I hated it. And eventually they left the Manhattan Center and went to more traditional, I guess, spaces. Is the Manhattan Center the same as Hammerstein? It's a different room in the Manhattan Center. Okay. There's two different rooms. So, but eventually when they got to the, the bigger arenas, I started to like Raw more. I still watched it, but I was like, this is stupid. Oh, I do have a note on here. HBK okay. subs for Lawler as King's Court. Yeah, so that was something <laughs> so you that remember. Was from that one. Do yeah. you remember thinking like that's weird? Because I do. I remember thinking, why yeah, is because why is Shawn Michaels running with these four doinks, and why is it called King's Court? Was Shawn Michaels scheduled to do anything other than that no. at that pay per view? No, I guess he was pumped. For he had to have show. been. But yeah, like, and I don't know if that was the start of the rivalry, or they just kind of put those two together because they had good chemistry. Well, the, I don't remember. The year before, they did the champion versus champion in Survivor Series, Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. So they okay. had, I guess, they had that to talk about, like Shawn wants yeah. revenge for losing. Yeah. But I remember thinking, why is Shawn Michaels with Knights? Like, why is he with Jerry Lawler's? Yeah. Because they didn't really explain why Lawler wasn't there. No, they didn't. I guess they couldn't because what was he? What he was charged with? <laughs> right. Yeah, but that was something that was a thing that was weird, but it's still, I don't know about you, but when I think about stuff I think was dumb or weird when I was a kid, it still kind of like makes me feel happy and warm to like think, like take me back to the time like, oh, I remember thinking that, that was so weird or so cool. And I think nostalgia and things you remember, like a lot of fans are pissed because every week doesn't give them that feel good memory, Mm -hmm. doesn't give them that shock and awe moment. We're even going back, I think you might have three or four in a year. Yeah. In 2016 with the Raw and SmackDown, every week isn't going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you look at 2016, there were at least 10 to 15, I think, memorable moments that you For think sure. back to. For sure. Um, <laughs> Smack it into the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> That's good for everybody to hear. But the Shawn Michaels, which one, which side were you on? Michaels or Brett? When I was a kid, Brett. As I got older, Michaels. Me too. Yeah? So when I was a kid, Bret Hart, the way they pushed him. Oh, so let's go Let's go back a little bit. To, so before WrestleMania 8, they did a special with Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon on Primetime Wrestling. I think it was, they called it the March to WrestleMania. And it was a tribute to Hulkamania. And they were teasing Hulk Hogan's retirement throughout. And they asked um, Hulk, like, are you going to retire? I think Vince McMahon asked him at the very end. He goes... Is this going to be your last match? And Hulk Hogan said, you know, he said, like, he can't answer that till the end. But they're really pushing Hulk's going to retire. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned I'm a huge Hulk fan. And, like, the show ended. I'm like, oh, shit. Who's going to be my favorite wrestler? Like, that was a legitimate concern that I didn't have a favorite wrestler anymore. And I thought for a second, I'm going to go, wait a minute. There's Bret Hart. I'm good. And, like, I turned it off and went to bed. And then yeah. Bret Hart went in the IC title at that WrestleMania. <clears throat> but, but I was a huge Bret Hart fan. And I think it's because of the way the WWF pushed him. They built him up as he's the most fighting champion in history. And he was Hogan never defended the title on weekly television. Brett did every week. He yeah. never got to, he was defending the title against like Skinner, the alligator. Hunter. I remember that. Match. Yeah. And like Papa Shango and all he's a defendant. Like why are these guys getting title yeah. shots? But he beat him. And that's why I liked him so much. And I thought Sean was lame. I thought he was lame. And then as I got older, like pretty much the build the WrestleMania 12 with Michaels and Brett, I was like, all right, I'm on Sean. I'm on Sean. Brett, I'm done with you. Sean's the better wrestler. He does more moves. Like, they built up the whole boyhood dream thing. And I, I, I hate, I, I don't think I liked him even up until then. I didn't like Michaels or really have a lot of respect for him until the Stone Cold match, WrestleMania 14, when he was part of DX. Because he legitimately looked hurt and he was fighting through it and still pulling off incredible moves. But going back to like Bret Hart, I thought Bret was really very likable. And even his little catchphrase, the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. And he proved it like all the time. He beat everybody that he would you know, fight against with honor, with honor. <laughs> the, the Canadian way. All right. So Brett was your guy. That's fine. You can have Brett yeah. up until then. 
so what back when they had the WrestleMania 12 match, they did the two video montages of Brett and Sean training for the match, and Sean was like a gym doing upside down push ups. Yeah. And Bret Hart was like wrestling his dad, who was like 80, and was like running along the hills of Calgary. And I've heard Brett talk in an interview since then about how pissed he was. He's like, you made me look super weak. I can't even beat my dad. And, you know, I'm barely shuffling along the ice. And Sean's doing backflips in the gym. And I can see his point now. Mm-hmm. But when I was a kid, I thought that, all right, Brett's training way harder. He's in the cold. Like, it was like Rocky training. Yeah. And, the, the, you know. I didn't see his view of that. Who, Brett's? Yeah, I thought, yeah. I thought he looked strong. Okay. Like, man, this guy's training like Rocky. Yeah. That's the same thing I thought too. So I'm glad I'm glad you thought that. Yeah. So that was something where, when the match happened, uh, this is something I actually want to do a future podcast just on WrestleMania 12 because I have a lot of specific memories about it because I was in sixth grade at the time and I made a lot of my friends through that particular show. But then why did he have a trainer and why was that guy so Sean? Yeah. Why Hector or what, no what Jose Lothario? Why should we care about Jose Lothario? I don't know. And I think even Sean's talked about it where he was like, I didn't get it. And, they, you know, they, they because I think they were pushing the boyhood dream storyline a lot, which was something that I bought. Like, okay, like he's always been a wrestling fan type of thing. Um, and I think Jose Lothario was his original trainer. So they brought him back. And Jose Lothario was a former wrestler in WWWF. Mm-hmm. Um, so they brought him back for it. I, I didn't get why he stuck around afterwards but he was around for a little bit uh but that was just i don't know i guess that was something that they wanted to i felt like it was too much nonsense to try to put on sean to make him like elevate him more i'm like this guy's garbage (laughs) i'm going with brett i i like sean and i still do he's my favorite wrestler of all time i like sean now okay okay i told you wrestlemania 14 is when i i felt like i actually respected him a lot more okay and then since then like i've always liked him all right so I want to go jump to something more modern because we're like we're talking a lot about the past. Mm-hmm. So this is random awesome moments. So this I was watching with my wife and we were watching Raw and it was when Vince was going to give Stephanie the McMahon Award of Excellence when Shane came back. Right. And they were in the ring and I I can't believe this happened because no one knew Shane was coming back. That's pretty rare nowadays to like leak something. And Lauren, my wife, asked me. She goes, "Where's Shane?" I'm like, ah, he's doing other business. And all of a sudden, here comes the money. And I go, oh, shit, it's Shane. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, that was one of the moments. Like, you don't get that anymore. Like, like I'm an adult. Like, I should. Like, I know yeah. everything. I'm on the inside. I'm on Reddit. You know, <laughs> I know everything. Yeah. But that's like a moment. Like, even now, I'm getting a little kind of goosebumps. Like, oh, shit, here he comes. Because, like, my friends and I were big Shane O'Mac fans. We always were growing up in high school. We thought he was awesome and hilarious, probably because of the Mean Street Posse vignettes. Right. But, like, that was just the thing where, like, yeah, it could still get you. Like, it, like as dumb as it is, but if you stick with it, it can still get you. And it yeah. does. And it's awesome. I think for me, it was AJ Styles at Royal Rumble. Okay. Because I heard the music, and I didn't really know who it was, and then people started cheering. I'm like, it's got to be AJ, because that's the rumor. And so the music is going and going and going. Roman Reigns is looking. And I remember the look on Roman Reigns' face when AJ comes out. Like, who the hell is this guy? Or is Kind he, of like, yeah. who the hell is this guy? Or he knows who he is, but doesn't really. I don't know. It wasn't negative. But it was more like he was confused. Mm-hmm. But then AJ comes out, and then that DMX-esque, you know, rap stuff starts going on. They don't want no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't want no. It's a terrible song, by the way, if you listen to the lyrics. I thought it was DMX. I looked it up, and I'm like, what's that song? And it's like the CFO. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's who made it. Uh-huh. Like, that sounds like DMX. Because mm-hmm. he did have a DMX song before that. Yeah. But AJ Styles coming out, I was like, oh, shit. Because I, I watched AJ Styles in TNA. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was good. I thought he was kind of corny when he was a little good guy Southern boy. But he was a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. And then when he started growing his hair out, turned into, like, you know, the heel bad guy. Went to New Japan. I watched a little bit of that. And to see him come and, and have WWE give him a complete guy, a guy who made a name for himself without WWE to get that. And to keep his name. And to keep his name and to be, I don't know, given that kind of debut instead of going into the match and being tossed right back out. <laughs> <laughs> Just to kind of, you know, teach him a lesson. Yeah, that was, I wasn't a TNA fan, I never watched TNA, but I knew who AJ Styles was. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, I guess, how big of a star he was to me. I thought it was cool. I thought it was an awesome idea for the WWF to debut him in Orlando, where he's pretty much his base for so long. Right. And yeah. I never thought cool. of that. And I, I back to that, what was cool was, so 
I, do you remember who eliminated Styles from the Rumble? No. It was Kevin Owens. Oh, okay. So yeah, he yeah, comes yeah. and he goes, welcome to the WWE, and throws him over the rope. I'm like, that's awesome. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. Like, yeah. Like, that was cool. Like, if someone's eliminated, I'm glad it wasn't Roman Reigns, because everybody right. hates Roman Reigns and all that. But yeah, like, that's awesome. So that yeah. was a really awesome little moment where even adults, you're like, oh, shit, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked about... Um, Moments where we're surprised or unexpected, like Shane coming back or, or uh, AJ Styles coming back or whatever. Uh, I have one here. Do you remember when Shawn Michaels passed out in his match with Owen Hart? No. Was, okay. So it was after he had gotten, I think he had given up the Intercontinental title because he got a concussion from getting beat up at a club. There's a famous click story about it where he was running his mouth off and some guys beat the shit out of him. Some Marines beat the shit out of Michaels in the parking lot. This is real life in the parking lot. I remember hearing that story. So. He had come back, and everyone was saying he may have came back too early. So Owen hit Michaels with the Insiguri kick, and then Michaels, you know, was okay for a little bit. Then all of a sudden, he was wobbly, held his head, and collapsed. And I was, and then what? Normally, they you think this is okay. This is pro wrestling stuff. They're going to keep fighting, but nothing was like how it was supposed to be. Everybody could have stopped. The announcer stopped talking. They came out, put the oxygen tank on his face. And it was silent for the last few minutes of Raw. And Raw went off the air. You're like, holy shit, this is real. Like, I don't, even now, I think if they did something like that where nobody talked, they did it, they might be able to get some people. And I think they could pull that off. But I think obviously with the internet, people will know, oh, he's okay. He's this or that. But at the time, no internet, you're like, something happened to Michaels that wasn't supposed to happen. Like, oh, I know that's re- everything's fake, but that wasn't supposed to happen. So that was on Raw. So I think it was 95, right? And then. It led into his storyline for the comeback for the 96 Rumble, which pushed into his big title runs. So they had plans for him, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was awesome, like just an awesome moment. I remember as a kid thinking, oh, man, Michael's hurt. And that's when I that's when I started like, okay, I'm on Team Michaels now. I, I like Michaels. It was pretty much after he was a babyface, his return back is when I started with Team Michaels. But that was – do you remember when he, when he, Michaels first turned babyface? Do you remember what that was from? Um, it was after WrestleMania no. 11. So it was after WrestleMania 11 when he lost to, to to Diesel, and they had an interview in the ring on Raw, and Michaels was saying, "I certainly don't need a bodyguard that's going to cause a referee to turn his ankle and make me lose the match." Because in the match at WrestleMania 11, Sid accidentally hit the ref, and the ref had to turn ankle, so he couldn't get the pin after Michaels did the super kick on Diesel. So Sid beat the shit out of Michaels. <laughs> like beat the hell out of power bombs and guess who comes to save him his old buddy diesel uh-huh. and like oh man i used to love that shit with the when they returns and then all you had to do is turn a guy was have a good guy come help him and he's he's, he's good again yeah it's so simple and then a few weeks later when michaels came back he was in a match and diesel was out there and they kind of looked at each other and michaels like did like the thumbs up thumbs up and he did the run off the ropes and jump and high five diesel yeah like just cool moments like that where it's just, I get a smile on my face thinking about it because I was so happy. Yes, Michael is a good guy. I was right. so happy for that. So do you remember anybody where you a good guy turned or a bad guy turned good and you were happy about that? Because there, um, there, there's a, there, it doesn't happen as much anymore as far as back and forth turns, but I think it's kind of better. But that was something I think was really The only like cool. big turns I remember were people turning bad. Okay, who are you returning? Who do you remember turning bad? Where you were pissed? Well, like Michaels, like he started getting cocky with the Rockers, and you know, starting feeling a little right, more right, flamboyant, okay. and he's like, "I don't need this guy." But they're still the Rockers, and they're on the barber shop, and then Michaels, you know, rips up the magazine that has the the two Rockers on it, rips mm-hmm. it in half. So now it's like the breakup, <laughs> like when you break up with a girl, and it hurts you so bad, you rip up the picture because you don't want her in your pictures. Like, <laughs> how good is like? I'm sure they talked about that in production. Yeah. Like, how good of an idea is that? Like, after you throw him from the glass, take this magazine, rip it, <laughs> and camera, zoom in on just Michaels. Right. Like, and that pushes Michaels up to another level, too. Like, yeah. That's, and that's still something I think WWE needs to get credit for. Their production value is incredible. Like, they don't miss spots. They don't miss people's reactions. They don't miss anything. The video packages are all great. That's still something, no matter how bad the product you may think is, their production is better than anybody else's out yeah. there. Um, the even, only thing I don't like about when they do the the ring is how the cameras shake every time there's a hit. That stops a little bit, I think. A little bit, but it's still there. And I think they do that because they're afraid of people not seeing the impact hit, like your dad. And they're trying to, yeah, trying to hide. So if it was like that when you were a kid, your dad wouldn't have been able to tell how fake it was with the guy stomping and things like that. Right. So maybe they should have been shaking a little, a little bit earlier when you were a kid. 
Do you remember, did, when you were a kid, did you order any paper, ever get to order a pay-per-view? Yeah, I ordered 91 Rumble, but I remember ordering Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam. You were lucky. I didn't get to order well, maybe Summer anything, Sl- ever. <laughs> maybe SummerSlam ever. And, ever. and Survivor Series, I, I didn't order as much. But I remember the Rumble, because I liked the 30-man Rumble. Mm-hmm. I liked watching guys last long. I liked watching, you know, some of the cheesy guys walk in, walk right, walk right back out, uh-huh. like Santino or the Bushwhackers uh-huh. and stuff like that. WrestleMania, yeah, I did, I did want to get pay-per-views. And then I would go to a friend's house who had a black box and watch other pay-per-views. <laughs> so, speaking of pay-per-views, I talked about earlier Hulk Hogan retiring at WrestleMania 8. Do you remember WrestleMania 8? It was Hogan versus Sid and Macho Man versus Flair. Yeah. So you remember the Macho Man Flair storyline where Flair yeah. claimed he was she was hers yours yeah. before she was mine? Yeah, I remember they kept saying he doctored the photos with him and Elizabeth by the pool. What did you think when they were promising the big centerfold on the screen? What did you think he was going to show like a naked picture of Elizabeth? I pay- thought so. Yeah, I thought that's where they were going. Yeah, did you watch that pay per view live or no? Did you get to order that one? Do you? Remember? I think I, yeah, I did order that one. Okay, were you disappointed as I was that there was no photo shown? I don't remember being disappointed about it. Okay, I was. I was. <laughs> I also didn't get to watch that pay-per-view live because I threw a tantrum. It was a Sunday, and we were going to go to my dad's friend that had the black box again, and I mm. must have did something stupid to piss my parents off. Like, I was probably just a brat, you know? I was in yeah. second grade. And I was like, you're not going. And my dad was like, fleeing away. He's like, you can go. But I was like, no, he's not. So I like threw a tantrum. I want to go. So I had my dad call his friend to give me live updates of who won the matches. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, Bret Hart won the title. I was like, awesome, Bret Hart won. And he was like, the Macho Man won. I was like, awesome, the Macho Man was it. The Warrior came back. I'm like, wait, wait, what? The Warrior came back? I thought he was dead. Like, that was a rumor that went around. You were a kid. Yeah. The Warrior was dead. So that whole event, has this, that's like a special place in my heart because when it came out to rent, I watched it over and over and over again. But that whole feud, the Macho Man Liz feud was great. Yeah. The Macho Man Liz and Ric Flair feud. For me, the big moment was the Warrior return because I loved the Ultimate Warrior. And you hated Hogan. I hated Hogan. But were you cheering for him against Sid? Do you remember? No. Really? I was cheering for Sid. Really? But then when Shango came out, I'm like, okay, this is kind of ridiculous. And in the back of my head, I'm like, well, Warrior and Hogan are friends. You Storyline wise. You thought that Warrior was going to come back. I thought he was. Okay. I always thought he was going to come back. Like at this pay per view, he's going to. There's a chance he's going to. It's like everybody with CM Punk. <laughs> like CM Punk's going to come back because <laughs> it's in Chicago. But I kept thinking, okay, Warrior's got to come back. Last time we saw him was maybe August of the year before, and then I don't know what happened because there's no internet. But there's rumors, and and in the magazines they're talking about different things. It's August of '91, not '94. I did well. You said '94. I think I said the year before. Oh, the year before. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Um. Yeah, the summer slam. So left, yeah. my expectation was something's got to happen. The Warriors got to come back. Uh-huh. And then as soon as the music hits, I just everything. Was like, there a delay or did you know? As as, because for me, when I. It was like, dun, yeah. dun. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I was going nuts. Uh-huh. That's <laughs> and, then he, and then he just comes running out. His hair is shorter. I'm like, I don't know if that's the same one. <laughs> he looks smaller. Uh-huh. Like he's not so built. Right. He comes in, he's doing the arm waving, shaking the ropes. He comes in, clothesline Shango over, you know, helps him with Sid. And then he's raising hands with Hogan and Hogan's like, you know, pointing the fingers at him, holding him up. I'm mm-hmm. like, that guy doesn't look the same, but he does look the same. Right. But I was just, it was probably the biggest shock moment for me. That, yeah, I mean, I want to do another show in the future about biggest shock moments. So we can talk about that like in more detail. Mm-hmm. But for me, the whole WrestleMania 8 show, I can pop it on now. And watch the whole thing through. It's my favorite one. Is it? And I don't know if it's because I'm nostalgic for it or if it really is the best pay-per-view. I doubt it is. It's probably not. I mean, outside of... After WrestleMania 20, then they start to get a lot better. Yeah. What's interesting, too, with the former... We'll talk WrestleMania memories in a future one, too, but... When I was a kid, WrestleManias, when they had uh, the, the pay-per-views, the lot, there were so many filler matches. But to me, more matches meant it was better. It didn't mean yeah. if they were good. If there was a ton of matches, okay, this is better. Like, WrestleMania 7 had a ton of matches. Like, I watch now, I'm like, Jesus, when's the main event? Like, why is Greg Valentine now in the way? I remember learning a lot about wrestlers when I would go to the video store and I'm, I would flip it over to see the card. Like, mm-hmm. who's fighting who? So I would see different things from, like, Orient Express, One Man Gang. Yeah. Um brain busters like guys that i didn't know that weren't in the wwf anymore 
And then I'm reading, I'm like, okay, this might be cool. So I rent it, and it was kind of stupid. Yeah. Or it was really good. Uh-huh. Um, but that's just how I learned about it. It's just going back, watching, and trying to find older stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something you, you'll... We could do a whole show about renting videotapes and, and learning and, and, and finding shows, which yeah. I think we should. Um, were you ever as passionate as I was about arguing with people WWF versus WCW during the Monday Night Wars? Because I was 100% WWF no matter what. I felt there was a time WWF went complete cartoony garbage. And it just... 95, I think. Because I just got away from it. And to me, WCW... Nothing to do with Hogan, because there was a big Hogan hype, Hogan parade. And, and, yep, I remember that. So I'm like, this is so dumb. Why is, Why did they hire this over-the-hill loser? But I could see why people, why he got him, because he was so popular. Mm-hmm. It's just, I hated him. But the way Nitro was going, they had some of the older stars, and I think they mixed it with a lot of their newer. Nitro was different than Raw. It looked different. That They hyped up, they built up their wrestlers more, where WWF yep. was more... Either they're really old and they're on their way out, or they're just wearing costumes. Okay. See, to me, it, it didn't matter. Um, but then I think because Nitro, who was the guy? Shivani? Yeah. The more Shivani talked about WWF made me interested in WWF again. Because okay. if he's if he's actually considering WWF to be a rival, because to me, WWF was garbage at that time. If he's concerned so much about WWF competitive-wise, competition-wise, then maybe they're doing something different. So little by little, I would watch more WWF. And they got away got away from Duke the Dumpster Drossies <laughs> to more, I guess, realistic, um, you know, Stone Cold instead of yeah. the Taskmaster. Or Ringmaster. The Ringmaster. Taskmaster is in your, in yeah. your WCW that you like so much with the realistic characters. <laughs> but, Hulk Hogan, yeah, the but the Taskmaster was garbage. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, I mean... They, both of them had their their things, but I think WCW Nitro started off to me that it was a better show. Okay, it it might have been in retrospect it was, but at the time I argued with everyone about WWF being better, especially in 1997. I was in seventh grade in 1997, and that's when WWF was just starting to turn the attitude. DX yeah. had just formed the suck at stuff. Austin was in the IC feud, like Bret Hart and Michaels had an amazing feud. Bret Hart's heel character. I, I hated Bret Hart so much because he talked about how much America sucked. And I had a friend that was a huge Bret Hart fan mm-hmm. and we would argue with each other. And I remember when Bret Hart lost the title, when Snokel hit him with the chair on rock, he won it from Sid. I was laughing. I'm like, that was so funny. Ha ha. He goes, it wasn't as funny as when Shawn Michaels lost to Psycho Sid at the Survivor Series. That was like stand-up comedy to me. And I was like, fuck you. I was, we were just like, just, <laughs> but we had friends in school that were WCW like, hey, what about Goldberg or DDP? And put the dime like, no, I suck. Oh, we hated it. But I, I wouldn't admit that I watched both. I flipped back and forth like crazy. I, as much as I tried to stay on Raw, yeah. I'm like, all right, Sting's in the Raptors. I guess he's going to come down. I got to watch this, but I can't tell him watching it. Yeah. Like that was just like it's just so silly, and I don't know if why well, don't I hope someday we get something like that again. And everyone says it'll never happen, but never say never. Um, if a company gets backed by a lot of money, they can at some point compete with the WWE again. I think if somebody was willing to invest in it. Yeah. Um, right now, I'd say WWE's biggest competition is like the UFC, MMA stuff. Because that's basically they create the drama storylines, but they fight for real. So, but in the professional wrestling world, U.S. they've got it locked down. Yeah, they do. New, they, ja- but, New Japan is probably their next biggest target. But they've got it. They had it locked down in the '90s too, in the '80s, and then WCW came along because they got backed by Turner. And yeah. Like we're willing to spend money, and that was it. And since WWF doesn't have competition, everybody says this a million times they have to take risks, but. They still put on a good product from time, for right now. I think right now WWE is in the best in-ring matches it's been since I can remember. Yeah. Like week to week, you're getting pay-per-view main events on Raw and SmackDown. And the actual pay-per-views themselves are awesome matches. Like, it's pretty rare that a main event sucks, you know? Right. As far as in-ring work. I mean, the storylines may you might not be as into, but the actual matches themselves are, are they're, have never been better, I don't think. I think they're good. Okay. <laughs> There's some matches that it's the same match every other week. 
Like, how many times do I have to see Roman and Owens fight? And that's, I guess, the negative about And then why is Owens fighting so much? He's a champion. Shouldn't he kind of lay back and He have should only be on house shows wrestling. That, I mean, something. Well, I, I don't know. But he's the most in, one of the most interesting guys they have on Raw, so they just keep putting him out there. Well, I think that you kind of, I think if you do that, if you're going to want you not want your champion to wrestle on TV, he's got to wrestle a dark match, because if people come to the show, they want to see him. Yeah, and that's how it used to be with house shows. Like Hogan would wrestle all the house shows. You know, we never saw him on TV, but across the country, if you saw him, he was wrestling. He was defending his title. Right. So I think that's what they'd have to do. Um, I think I've gone too much. Let's pull, go ahead and pull something up if you've got a, a random moment. And I'll talk about, um, speaking of house shows, I remember going to one, and I think my first one was like 96 or 97. The main event was Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. And even though I was a Shawn Michaels fan, they did a false finish where The Undertaker won the title. And I jumped out of my seat like like a five-year-old. And I you know, was in seventh or eighth grade at the time. Mm-hmm. But what do you got? One of the moments that I wrote down was first WWF figures. Okay. Did you have the LGNs <clears throat> or the Hasbros? I had the Hasbros, but I don't know what grade I was in. We had the Thumb Wrestlers. I remember there was a two-pack, because mm-hmm. I only remember having Hogan and Big John Studd. For the Hasbros or the, the Thumb the Wrestlers? Th- okay. The Thumb Wrestlers. Okay. And I had those. I don't remember asking for them. For some reason, I had them, and we were at the playground, and there was like this... Two or three guys that also had him, and we would thumb wrestle each other. It was dumb because <laughs> couldn't really do much with them. <laughs> they were just thumbs and whatever. It didn't work right. And then I remember buying the Hasbros. Or wanting the Hasbros. Okay. And I don't remember what year it was. Maybe 90, 91. Um, a couple months before Christmas, I would go with my mom, whether we went to the mall or went to the grocery store. Like, I was always with my mom because mm-hmm. I, I was 10 or 12. I don't yeah. remember. But we would go, and I would go to the toy aisle. And there would be like the, you know, the new shiny package of Jewel when they had cool toys. Then there was like, you know, Smash of Demolition or Brutus the Barber Beefcake. I'm like, Mom, can I get this? And the first thing she said was, well, you have to wait till Christmas. Okay. Before you can open it. So she'd buy it for you and then she'd make you wait. She'd buy it and okay. then make me wait. So then we went to the mall and I remember looking at Hogan and Warrior and then other other one. I'm like, oh my God, they make these too. There was a different selection than what Jewel had. Okay. I'm like, can I get these? And she's like, yeah, but you can't get them till Christmas. So that okay. went on for like two months. Jewel's a grocery store, by the way, whoever doesn't know. And they yeah. sold that, like a little toy, tiny toy section. Yeah. So I go back, we're back at Jewel and then they have newer stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just different. It's the same series, but just different stuff. Right. So Christmas time comes around. I remember opening a box and it was like a large box that you would have, say, clothes in it. Uh-huh. But the because the figures were all on the cards, they were kind of stacked on each other to where they yeah, wouldn't yeah. really go too high. Open it up. I had maybe 15, 16 of these Hasbros. I'm like, oh, my God, this what is the feeling. best Christmas. What a feeling. And they were all brand new to me because they were still in the package. Uh-huh. And so as I'm playing with them, there was Ravishing Rick Rude, Jake the Snake Roberts, Million Dollar Man, Brutus, Smash, Axe, Hogan, Warrior. It's like all of these awesome figures. I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> And, like, you would have your own matches and your oh, own yeah. storylines with these guys and everything, too. The thing that annoyed me was the the hard plastic ring. Because I remember I would be playing in my room, and it was just, like, clang, clang, right, smack, right. smack. And it was just so loud. And my dad would work later at night, so he would like to take a nap before he went to work. Because he had mm-hmm. to work at 4, and then he worked till midnight. Okay. So on days, say, summer or winter break, any type of break we were home, like, I was do- I was playing in the afternoon. And he would, you know, stop that. I'm trying to take a nap. Like, he was pissed about it because <laughs> it was so loud. And even, like, in the mornings, like, I'd want to play when I woke up. I'm like, I can't play with it because they're still sleeping. So yeah. it's more like I had to play on the carpet. Uh-huh. And then I had to not so punch them. So you're doing, like, the fake working with yeah. your fake shirts. Right. They're, I did they're the not fixed contact. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's – the Hasbros are a great memory. I had a friend that had every one of them. And I only had a handful of them because – I think we, I just didn't have that many. Like I had a bunch of wrestling stuff, but the Hasbro's I only had like a handful. I had the Undertaker, I had Hogan, I had Warrior, I had Shawn Michaels. I remember I had Doink the Clown, and Doink the Clown was awesome because you have HBK Michaels or Rockers Michaels. Both, okay. both. Um, so Doink the I hated HBK Rockers by the way because he was one of the ones where he had a little um, bump on his back and he pushed down on his back and he like launched up in the air. Yeah, and he could never make him stand up like no. by himself. I hated that one. I'm like these figures are fucking stupid. Why would they do this? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the hell's wrong with that kid up there? <laughs> I'm talking to myself, but 
uh, the Doink the Clown one was awesome because it, the hair, like his wig, was actual hair. It wasn't plastic. It yeah. was like like fabric. So I thought that was cool. Um, like Barbie hair? Yeah, yeah, like pretty much. nylon? Yeah, that's okay. exactly what it was. Um, and I've since tried to buy him again, but I don't want to buy him used because I'm sure that hair is so gross. Yeah. Like new in the car, I'm not going to spend 80 bucks on a toy. Right. Maybe I will someday, but not Well, now. they've got new ones out. They've got a Brock Lesnar. They've got a Kevin Owens. When are those coming out? You're the toy guy. You know when I is. don't know when. I thought they were only going to be in Japan, but then other people are posting that they're making them. I just thought it was a Walmart exclusive. I don't know that. Okay. Okay. I thought they were only overseas. U.S. wasn't getting them. They were making them for the overseas market. That's stupid. We need them. We want them. But I think there's still talks of distribution. Okay. So it's not like they're out and they're everybody's buying them. That's awesome. It's just that they might be out some places, but they're still working on distribution. Yeah. I mean, for the time, they're pretty detailed, too. Yeah. As far as their facial features. We've got a few of them in front of us here, too. Like I've got a Million Dollar Man, an IRS, one of the Bushwhackers, and they've got the little the springs. So some some of these are mine um, that I had when I was a kid I found. And a handful of them that I have, I bought like an eBay lot. Like someone was just selling a lot of loose figures. It was uh-huh. like 20 bucks. I'm like, I got to get these. And I bought them and like wiped them down with baby wipes. They weren't yeah. gross. And my daughter now, who's 18 months old, she plays with them. And she thinks they're funny because they, you said they make noise. That's her favorite part of them because they clack, yeah. clack, clack, clack. She loves that. That was my favorite together. part too. But yeah. I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Hasbros were, were awesome. Did you ever get into the next line of figures, the Jax figures? Um, no. I kind of just got away from wrestling for a while. It just, I don't know. You kind of outgrew it a little bit. Isn't that funny? Like, you outgrew it, or you try to find, like, a girlfriend or something, and then, like, you grow up a little older, you're like, I don't give a shit. I'm watching wrestling again. Yeah. Well, we were dating. Well, I started dating. I ended up, we ended up getting married. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't have time for it. Okay. So, if we had plans on Monday or she came over Monday, it's not like we're watching wrestling because she wasn't a wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. Not that she hated wrestling. I just knew she wasn't, so mm-hmm. I was being respectful of not, you know, trying to force her to watch something that I want to watch. Yeah. And over the years went by, there was just things that just came up we didn't do. And then if I tried to watch it, I didn't understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. I would just see them wrestling. I just know what the story was behind it. Yeah. And then three months later, I would try to watch it again. And then when I moved out, I tried to watch um, SmackDown because it was on Channel 9, mm-hmm. like a local So local it wasn't on cable. It wasn't yeah. on cable. Right. So I remember watching more of SmackDown. And then I'm like, this is kind of corny. Like, I don't know these guys are kind of stupid. It was the whole era with... Um, London, Kendrick, okay, okay. Um, Benoit, like all of those guys. Yeah. I'm not discrediting them. Yeah, I just, just never got into, into it, it because I wasn't into that time period. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, I kind of fell out when I probably after the last pay-per-view I remember watching, I think you were with me, was WrestleMania 17 at uh, Dooley's house. Remember that? I don't know if you were there. Yeah. Okay. So, like, he invited us over, like, we split the paper, but in that time, I was kind of falling out a little bit. Like, I was kind of half-watching, because I was 17 or 18, I was, like, trying to hook up with girls, like, I'm not watching pro wrestling. So, that was kind of the last one, and I fell out, and I just, there's a period from 2003 to 2007 where I don't remember anything. I had to go back and watch it all. Yeah. Um, I picked it up a little bit. The reason I got back into it was, I guess I should say 2006, because WrestleMania 22 was in Chicago, where we're from, and... I tried to get tickets to sold out instantly because in the Allstate Arena, which holds like 14,000 people, which is insane to me that they would hold the WrestleMania there now. Yeah. Like now that they're in football stadiums, I can't believe they did that. They must have lost so much money by being there. Uh, but I got tickets to the Raw after. Even though I wasn't watching, um, I was like, okay, this is fine. I remember why I watched this again. It's like watching a play, and then they fake fight each other at the end. Like, yeah. I remember, and then, I, then we went to WrestleMania the next year in Detroit, and I pretty much have been on ever since. And then since I've gone back and... My obsession now that I'm older is probably getting worse than when I was a kid because I can afford to buy some stuff now. Right. Like, I, I can't really afford to, but I do anyway. But as a kid, you have no money. Now, like, if I see, like, a toy, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go get that because I can. It's eight bucks. I got eight bucks. I go buy it. You know, <laughs> right. They're so cheap. Yeah. But at the time, even when the Hasbro's were, like, six bucks, I'm like, I don't have six dollars. Mom, can I buy this? No, it's six dollars. I'm not buying a toy for you. It's right. six dollars. You can go until Christmas, like you said. But it's either a toy or food. Yeah. <laughs> you want a Happy Meal or you want a Hasbro? I, she wouldn't have given me that choice. I would have picked the Hasbro. Yeah. So she would have said you're eating. Um, but as far as more, I guess, modern times. So what brought you back in? Going to WrestleMania. Like, I That's, mean, that was it. Yeah. Like, and I think looking back, like when I went to WrestleMania in Detroit, WrestleMania 23, 
The WrestleMania itself wasn't great. Like, it was good. Undertaker Batista was good. Michael Cena was good. That was the Trump WrestleMania. Um, but, I mean, it was good, but it was just a lot of fun. Like, I remembered not only why I liked it so much, but I remembered, like, okay, now me and my friends have something to talk about and, like, goof around it, but now we can have some beers while we're watching mm-hmm. it. Like, that's really the only difference from when I was a kid. And I just kind of stuck with it and went to every WrestleMania from 23 to 30. And I skipped one, and I went last year with my wife. So that's another thing in the future I want to bring my wife on to have her talk about what she thinks because she's not really – she's kind of into it now. Yeah. So I want to get kind of her perspective on some of this stuff. But I, I was just with it after, ever since then. I was just with it. Um, I'd say going to live events was what did it for me. Um, like I was saying, too, as far as more modern moments and stuff like that, we kind of go back to a little bit. WrestleMania 28, the one I was at, when The Rock beat Cena – I lost my mind. Me and my friends were there because there was no reason for The Rock to win that match. Yeah. No reason. He was leaving the scene as a full-time guy, but The Rock won one, two, three, clean in the middle of the ring. There was no, like, screw finish. And we were jumping around. My friends and I were talking about how, oh, my God, this is, like, better than, like, any, like, professional sports team I like winning. Like, yeah. You can't believe it. And it's fake and it's stupid, but you're in. Right. You're in at that moment. Being in Miami was just so awesome. And, um... Can we take a break here? Because I have a story yeah. about what brought me back in. We'll go ahead and pause it. Okay, guys, we'll go ahead and stop right there. Uh, this was the very first episode of the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week with part two of our awesome wrestling random memories and moments that we already talked about here. We went an hour pretty quick, and I want to try to keep each show around an hour, and we went through that like nothing. So... Thank you guys for listening out there. I really hope you enjoyed it. Once again, you can follow us on Twitter at PPWPodcast. You could shoot an email to PPWPodcast at gmail.com. Comments, suggestions, anything, anything you want to hear talk about. Maybe in the future, if enough people start liking the show, I'll ask people to come on, Twitter followers or, or anything, to talk about what you love about pro wrestling, any subject you want. So... I hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we will be back next week with part two of the awesome moments on the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. PPW Podcast on Twitter, PPW Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks, guys.